Good evening, everybody. Today is March 9th, 2019. This is Ciencio Speed Sports, and I'm your host, RJ Ciencio. We have a good bit to talk about today. We're going to talk about the late King Kong Bundy and other wrestlers who died before at the age of 65. We're going to talk about female football because it doesn't get enough recognition. We're going to go back to wrestling and talk about controversial gimmicks, and trust me, there are plenty of them. We're going to talk about old ton of football teams in the NFL. Let's find out if any of them were near you and how close you were to having a team. And lastly, we'll go over a very great hypothetical that many people dream of. If we had the money to put a pro sports team in the league, what league would that be? If you were at all interested in calling in tonight, the number to call in at is 563-999-3462. Once again, that call-in number is 563-999-34. If you have ideas for future topics, please email me at cianciospeaksports at gmail.com. That's all one word. Also, we have changed our Instagram handle to ciancio underscore speaks underscore sports. Once again, that is ciancio underscore speaks underscore sports. All right. And with that, I want to briefly give... Uh, a brief rundown of King Kong Bundy, and then I'll start going into some other premature wrestling deaths. King Kong Bundy was born Christopher Allen Paley's November 7th, 1955. He died just five days ago in New Jersey. He was only 63. Most people know King Kong Bundy from his days in the WWF, although he did appear on the Indies and the infamous Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view. All right, 240, you are live. How are you doing, Mr. RJ? Good, how are you doing, Steve? I'm doing fine. This is Steve Delicious. And uh, you talked about King Kong Bundy. I mean, he was a classic, classic, very one of the most underrated wrestlers that I knew in my era. You know, um, he was a very, a, a, you know, one of the, Best known wrestlers. I mean, he was the one who created the, you know, the five count. You know, when he um, said, you know, when they used to do the three count of wrestling, he said, no, I want a five count. Um, he appeared in WrestleMania one when he faced SD Jones, and he said, no, I want a five count on SD Jones. So he was, he's, he was, and then he was on Married with Children. And he was Al Bundy's cousin, you know, when he put his head through the wall. I will always remember that. But he was well-loved, well well-respected. I mean, his um, neighbors talked very highly of him when he lived in their neighborhood. So I, 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 he's going to be sadly missed, you know. He is. And that brought me to a somewhat um, unfortunate topic, and that is wrestlers dying before the age of 65. Now, I will not be um, talking about any wrestlers who committed suicide. That's a little too dark for my taste. So we're going to talk about one of the past three before the age of 65. Now, I have a list pulled up. Now, interestingly enough, there's only one that I can find under the age of 20. That was back in 1951 from the National Wrestling Alliance. Janet Wolfe died due to injuries suffered in a match at age 18. Other than that, that's the only wrestler to die under the age of 20 at a professional level. 
Yes. I mean, but, the, yes, it, but there, are, there are a lot of them to talk about. I mean, so let's talk about some of them. Are there any you want to go over in particularly? Well, there's been a lot of, like you said, you've been a lot of wrestlers that died, I, I mean, before 50. I mean, one of, one of my, two of my favorite wrestlers that died before 50 was Kirk Henning and Ravishing Rick Rude. I mean, both of them wrestled in the WCW and WWF. I mean, very accomplished wrestlers. Both of them was world champions. I mean, Kurt Hennon died of a heart attack, and Rick Rude died of a heart attack. And um, some of them said they yes. Well, there's actually a little-known fact about Kurt Hennig that people, um, there are two little tidbits about Kurt Hennig that um, I want to throw out there that maybe not everybody knows. First of all, Kurt Hennig took part in the short-lived Excitement Wrestling Federation, or XWF. And also, he was given a tribute song on Macho Man, Randy Savage's one rap album, Be a Man, on the final track, Perfect Friend. The beat to his song um, for him from Macho Man was later used by Justin Timberlake for a big song. I forget which one it was in particular, but I just thought I'd mention that. Oh, really? I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. You know, um, Randy Savage got a real acclaim for his, his album. I mean, very, very great album. I mean, he, Randy Savage was a, you know, was one of a kind. I mean, not only he was a wrestler, but his voice. Says he had well, a great voice, and most people didn't know Randy And the cream will rise to the Oh, yeah. Over the top. Oh, yeah. The cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah, I can't do it. But yeah, that's the best I got. <laughs> yeah, and he was and he was a former baseball player. Most people didn't realize, but he, you know his and his oh, yeah. brother Lanny, Lanny, his brother Lanny Poffo was 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 also. He had a great voice, and he was very smart, very smart. I mean, you know, both of them was very. His father, you know, was a promoter, and he was a great wrestler as well. So he taught his two boys how to be very smart and very educated, and both of them did really good in the wrestling business, you know. I agree. Now, there's one wrestler I want to give a um, a bit of a spotlight on that people seem to tend to forget and die at a young age, and that is Eric Kulis, otherwise known as Mass Transit. Now, for those of you who don't know that name, he was um, part of the mass transit incident in ECW, or of, which was a time known as Extreme Championship Wrestling, which is a hardcore wrestling promotion that went under in the early 2000s, but was very influential. Now, in that match, he posed as a professional wrestler and decided to get into the ring with New Jack. Now, New Jack is one of the most notorious wrestlers of any federation in the mm-hmm. history of the entertainment industry because um, in wrestling there is a concept uh, called blading. Blading is when you intentionally cut yourself to bleed to add some emotion to the match. Eric Kulis, Mass Transit, asked New Jack to help him bleed in the match, which is not uncommon in wrestling. So these people aren't like masochistic or anything. It's just part of wrestling culture. At least it was when this happened. And um, New Jack is known for some outlandish actions, we'll say. New Jack once tried to kill Vic Grimes in an XPW match 
Um, and now I'm not lying. He, uh, he literally threw him off the top of a scaffold. Um, there's footage of it. He, he didn't die, though, luckily. But um, there was a new jack cut him very deeply. Blood started pouring like crazy. And new jack had to run through the hills. But not before he cut a racist promo, because it's new jack. Eric Coolis died in 2002 due to a gastric bypass complication. So, he's like, people know the name Eric Coolis, but they don't know much about him, and there isn't that much to know except for that, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, I do want to give a little shout-out to, you know, our guy, Mark Perez, which he is in the Independent Hall of Fame, and, you know, he wrestled a whole bunch of wrestlers, you know, throughout his 26th professional career also. And he's one of our, you know, our family, you know, our, our, our you know, in, you know, our, um, you know, our, 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 our face my family here. So, you know, he, he's, you know, he, he got his own show here Tuesday, you know, from seven to eight. So, you know, we got to say a shout-out to our, our guy, you know, our, our family. You know, I know him personally. You know, he, you know, I'm going to go, you know, he do um, promotion. He helps out a lot of um, wrestlers that, that um, you know, a lot of injuries, a lot of, uh, you know, wrestlers that, that been on hard times and stuff like that. So, you know, I got to get a shout-out to my man. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, a lot of people like me, I'm I'm a, a bumping the amputee. I, I've been in bad shape and stuff, so you know, I, I I love being on your show, RJ. I love being on all the people's shows and stuff, and it's like a uh, a thing for me. I love talking about sports and stuff, and you know, this you know, professional wrestling is is me and and my man Ronnie B. I got to give a shout out to my tag team partner, you know. So wrestling is is my career. I, I've been following it since I was five years old. When my mother used to take me to the Capitol Center. You know, and and the land of Maryland. So every raffle that been we talked about, I have known. Like you say, uh, transit. You know, I know. I, I you know, I know the injury. New Jack is. Oh my God! You are you, when everybody mentioned he, New Jack. Yes, New Jack is is a is a is a beast. New Jack, you know, go beyond the rules. You know. There was another thing when he took, I forgot the wrestler name. He was 69 years old. And New Jack Gypsy Joe. beat the living daylights out of that guy. Yeah, beat Gypsy him. Joe. I mean, just, yeah, put him in the hospital for months, for months, okay? And he's not the, the Uh huh. I saw the footage. It's on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's pretty crazy. I mean, personally, nothing against New Jack, but, like, I'm, if I'm going to put my body on the line, I, I think I might go with somebody who doesn't have such a colorful history, as I'm going to put it. <laughs> you know what? New, uh, you know, uh, this is another interesting story with New Jack. You know, New Jack used to go with uh, Dustin Rose's wife, ex-wife, okay? Oh, boy. Yeah, and he was, you know, he used to, and then he was talking bad about her, that she was no good and all. I'm like, New Jack, don't do that. You know, 
don't don't do that about her. That's that's very low. And then, then you talk about beating up the woman. I say, New Jack, you had lost your everlasting mind. You know, I'm I'm old, I'm older. I'm a little older than New Jack. I'm a little bigger and stronger. But you know, I would have to have me a baseball bat and stuff. I'm not going to fight New Jack. You know, because New Jack will have a baseball bat. He will have the stapler guns and stuff like that. You have to fight New Jack on street terms, okay? Because New Jack is crazy. You know, he used to. Tag team with Mahat with uh, Mustafa, you know, you know. So they some they was a dangerous tag team partner back in the nineties and stuff. They used to fight the um um they used to fight the Dudley Boys. They used to fight um the Eliminators. They used to fight um you know they was like one of the top team, but they was they you know any time. WWE wouldn't sign them. That tells you something. That would that tells you something that you know. Even TNA wouldn't sign them. So you talk that that tells you how either how good ECW was really good, or they was just like I said, Paul E. Dangerly was too. They was too extreme. You know, too extreme. You know. Uh, nah, I think CCW is too extreme. I think ECW has some storytelling to it. Not as much CCW. No disrespect to the wrestlers there. I just, I'll watch your highlight packages on YouTube and stuff because I think it's cool. But like, the scissor matches. Ugh. Yeah. Rob, Rob Van Dam. Oh, you know Sabu. I mean, ooh, so I just think Sabu. I mean, Sabu was one of a kind. Sabu, you know, he would tear his skin up in the barbed wire matches. And, 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 and another person, Taz. Taz was the ECW champion for a long time. So, you know, just think of him. You know, they used to call him the suplex machine. I mean, he would do a suplex uh, eight or nine different ways on a person. So he he was the man, you know. He was a, you know, five foot ten, but he was muscular. I will always respect him. I mean, he was a. And then he came to the WWE, a very great announcer, you know. I had must, and yeah. you know, but Paul E, Paul e great great promoter, great. I mean, great announcer. It's a great. And then as a manager, of of um. Up, um, a Brock Lesnar, you know, great, great manager. I mean, I will always get party dangerous. I, it sometimes when you when you do announcing or or manager and stuff, it's like the way you talk. I mean, some people say I'm a great talker, but I, I you have to. I don't learn know where the they get that from. I don't know yeah. where they get that you, idea you, from. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, RJ, you're a great talker too. Sometimes people, oh, thank people you. can't. Yeah, you have to learn. I mean, it's a, it's, it's just a craft. You know, Brenda can talk, Ronnie B can talk, Kirby can talk. You know, you know, uh, uh, everybody on her show, and we all can talk. It's just a, it's just something you born with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not everybody. And not I, everybody can do it. Yeah, this talking is taking us over our time limit, so we got to switch to our next topic, actually. But don't worry, we're going to to pro wrestling in a couple minutes. Don't worry. Okay. So, I think we talked about this a few episodes ago. Um, and 
and want to talk about female football because, um, frankly, I don't think it gets the respect it deserves. Um, and one of the leagues out there is the Women's Football Alliance. It has over 65 teams and three divisions. And I just want to shine a little bit of a light on it. Um, more than likely, there is a team near where you live. I live in Connecticut. There are two teams in my state. I got the Connecticut Hawks and the New England Nightmare, respectively, in state. So you're in the DMV area, correct? Yes, yes. We they, they we have a, uh, a team that plays uh, is at Spin Garden in Washington D.C. and Northeast, and you know I I go watch them, and they really good. I mean, really good in D.C. Yeah, the Divas, correct? Correct. Yeah, really and then right in Rich. Yeah, and I think um, you know it's interesting to see like that. And this is unfortunate that the most well-known female football is the Legends Football League. I'm not going to go into detail why it's that way, but if you've seen the product, you know why some people tune in. I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, it's just, I mean, don't you know, I mean, I had three daughters, and they some big girls. I mean, they tight, you know, but it's it's just... Different. I mean, I don't know what is it—the water, the food—but the the teams here in DC are really good. You know, I'm, I I just I watch them play. You know, I'm I'm. It's the coaches. The I mean, it's all the coaches and stuff, and the family. We we have great support here in DC. You know, we we love uh, our sports here. You know. Yes, you do. We also got another caller. Seven oh three. You are live. Order for a large pepperoni pizza. Oh, brother. <laughs> See, okay. <laughs> All right. So I think I think that was someone from my school. I got a lot of great people at school come call in and support the show. Um, and they jokingly will call in like that. They don't say anything stupid. So, like, uh, whoever that was, please tell me who that is on Monday because, like, uh, I just want to give them a shout-out. Uh, I find that amusing, honestly. I don't mind that stuff. That's harmless fun. Um, you know, if you want to, like, call with a couple of orders every once in a while, be my guest. Just, you know, keep it PG. <laughs> All right. So mm. that's the WFA. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, female football um, just needs more exposure. If you want to look at a female football player who's breaking – down barriers um, of gender roles and whatnot. There's one down in Orlando for the Orlando Phantoms of Florida Championship Football League, and her name is Rakasha, and that's in court, and I'm sorry if I botched your name, ma'am. She is a linebacker, and I've become good friends with her on Facebook. Um, she's actually featured in one of the articles that's going to be coming out soon that I've written for arenafootballtalk.com. But Rakasha is a very humble um, and kind woman who plays great linebacker, and she's really opened my eyes to the female football sport, so that's part of the reason why I'm talking about it. So I just want to give a massive shout-out to her, you're in the Phantoms, and the entire SCFL as a whole for being so accepting. Good. Yeah, because I know ESPN, they did a great article on women's football in the league and stuff, and it, it it made me feel real proud for all the women that played the sport of football. And it you know it's like 
Um, and then they had a young lady um, that she is the first, the first one they got a division two, um, you know, um, um, a division two um, to play, you know, to play football, you know, scholarship, you know, and that, yeah, that, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, that that's a wonderful thing, and. For me, you know, like I say, I am an equal opportunity person, you know. Uh, it opens my eyes. I mean, it's a great thing, you know. I always say this. I say women, women are so smart, you know. I want them, you know, because I had three sisters and three daughters, I want them to get every opportunity to do things. You know, there are so many women nowadays that, that are so great in sports right now, and I always say, Get call 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 the show, call the show. I mean, look look at look at our boss right now. You know, our boss is one of the smartest women, woman. I'm sorry, that 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 I want her. You know, because you know I'm I'm twice her age, so I'm like I want her to do better than most of these men do right now. I mean, I have daughters. I want them to do way better than I do when it comes to sports. You know, don't you think so, Miss RJ? Yes, I do. But we also got another call on the line, so 978, you are live. Hi, I'm kind of disappointed with the customer service here. I tried ordering a pizza and you hung up on me. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Don't, do not, this is a sports show, and don't, don't disrespect uh, Mr. RJK when it comes to that, okay? Because yeah. you know what? You, it's very disrespectful. Um, do not call here because if not, I will find you myself, and I will take care of you. So don't do that, please. You understand? Right, well, do you understand it? But I, I am a very this is this very disrespectful. Okay, so please hang up. Okay. I, I kicked him from the show. the The guy, the guy goes to my school. He's just a jokester. I know him personally. He's not a bad guy. Yeah, but don't give me on. This is sports. You want to talk about sports? Talk about sports. But when they, I'm, I'm a yeah, jokester no, no. too. But 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 it's it's this is sports. You want to take a joke, then we can joke. You can you can call my show and we can joke, okay? But this is this is yeah. sports. Yeah, please no Thank please you. no more um food orders or anything of that. Let's keep the sports. Although I do like a good joke. However, yeah. next our next topic is not joking at all. It's controversial. It's wrestling gimmicks. It's controversial wrestling gimmicks at that. And if you know anything about wrestling, it's that they are willing, especially the WWE, they are willing to push boundaries of what's socially acceptable or not, just like our prank callers. So I got a question for you. What do you think are some of the most controversial wrestling games of all time? Oh, I know one. It's automatic. Okay. It was Edge and Lita and their... Sex of pay on Monday Night Raw. This okay. It started with Matt Hardy was going with Lita, and when Matt Hardy got hurt, he was sitting at home. So his boy Edge, his best friend, went and stole his girl, and they was having an affair. So when Matt Hardy got back from being injured, him and 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 Edge was fighting. So the WWE uh, fired Matt Hardy. And then all of a sudden, Edge and Lita say, okay, since we're together now, we're going to have a live sex thing on Monday Night Raw. 
So oh, were, yeah, that segment, that segment was um, interesting. Vince yeah. is, um, well, Vince is Vince, and he'll allow what he wants to have happen, happen. Um, yeah. That's Vince Kenny McMahon for you. One of the ones yeah. that I think um, that was really interesting to me was Muhammad Hassan. Now, Muhammad Hassan, um, this will be the first thing I'm going to point out, was not played by an Arab-American. It was played by Mark Pani, a man from the Bronx, um, who was not Arab at all. So I just thought that um, he's actually Italian, believe it or not. I just thought I had to mention that first of all. Now, he was put in the WWE in 2004, and he was gaining a lot of heat because he felt the Arab people were facing unfair persecution from the American society after 9-11 happened. And this was a really cool character that was going on. However, WWE had an episode of, I believe it was SmackDown, but I'm not positive. Let me double-check that really quickly. Uh, it was SmackDown, yeah. So Hassan runs on to the floor against the Undertaker and summons some goons to like choke him out with piano wire after praying to Allah. If that's not bad enough, the episode aired the same day of the London bombing, a real attack that killed real people. And due to the backlash, the WWE killed the character off. Um, then there's Eugene. This is another one that people seem to forget about, but honestly, uh, if you're into the independent scene at all, you won't forget quickly because uh, it, it, it could have come across one of two ways. You can see the idea was Nick Dinsmore, the wrestler himself, and um, the guy spent a lot of time in Ohio, Ohio Valley Wrestling, the developmental system for the WWE at the time, and was tired of not getting called up, so he talks to Vince and comes with this idea of a wrestler who can't tie his shoes, that kind of thing. But once he gets in the ring, he has special abilities because he watched the wrestlers when they were younger, mm-hmm. clearly ignoring the, you know, do not try to get home warnings um, that WWE put all over the place. Um, however, some people found it offensive because, uh, well, at times it would resemble uh, mental disabilities on a more strong scale. It, it was okay because he was a face, meaning he was the good guy for a long time, but then... He turned heel, or um, for those who are not familiar with wrestling terms, that means he turned into the bad guy and said, don't laugh at me, I am special. So he used his disability to get the crowd to boo him. They quickly changed that, but it got him some heat. However, despite what your thoughts are on the character, it's kept Nick Dinsmore very popular in the independent scene, and Dinsmore has gotten people with special needs to come up to him and say they've inspired him but they've been inspired by the Eugene character. What are your thoughts on Eugene? Mm. Yeah, I remember that. But I'm going to tell you one better than that, and I'm going to make it real quick. Remember when Mr. Man was going crazy and stuff? The all-time, all-time one was when Stephen Regal, when Mr. Man come, came on the nationwide TV on Monday Night Raw, when he told Stephen Regal to kiss my but remember that one. And I Steven Regal kiss my butt stuff. Ugh. Yes, on nationwide TV. 
when that happened, Monday morning, I mean, Tuesday morning, I went to work, and all the, I had about 200 friends call me on and working on my show. They say, Steve, did you see that? I said, yeah, man, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> because yeah. Stephen Regal, Stephen Regal and lie on, like, it was happening because Stephen Regal was doing some crazy stuff. Stephen Regal was going backstage and was doing some crazy stuff. And this man said, if, and it was real, if you don't kiss my butt, you will be fired. And that, and that was real heat. That was real stuff he was doing behind the scenes. And he said, if you don't kiss my butt, you're going to get fired. And he had to do it on Nationwide TV. And it was real. Yeah. So I told people there. behind the scenes, you know, mm. when you do stuff backstage, if you don't do stuff, you will be fired and stuff. That's why the Undertaker, like if somebody had a beef, you had, you know, the Undertaker was the real uh, judge and stuff, just like the Miz. The Miz had to go. Miz, the Miz had to go through a whole bunch of stuff back, you know, in the early nineties and stuff. And you know, he had to take a lot of heat. A lot of wrestlers was jealous of him and to him and stuff and. You know what? He took all that heat, but look at him now. The Miz is one of the most beloved wrestlers and stuff. He got a beautiful wife. He got a good life. So sometimes you had to t- you had to crawl before you walk. And guess what? He's one of the most respected young men that I ever know. Yep. Now there are also some more blatantly racist ones I do want to go over. There was Colonel De Beers who actually helped train Brian Zane that I was wrestling with regret. He, um, Colonel De Beers is most known uh, for his time in the American Wrestling Association, run by Vern Gagne, and his gimmick, mm-hmm. what's so racist, you might ask? Why, he was um, part of the apartheid South Africa, and he was a South African militant gimmick, so completely racist. Um, in the Universal Wrestling Federation, his character refused to have a match with an African-American referee, but and I'm not claiming racism isn't as good, but... Apparently, when the Latino, the Latino referee came in, there's not an issue with that. I just found that interesting. Then you have Crime Time. Oh, my God, Crime Time. Crime mm-hmm. Time was a creation of the WWE in the early 2000s. So, I forget who the wrestlers were. Who were the wrestlers in that one again? I just remember the vignettes I've seen. Uh, you know what? I, I, I know... Um... You know, I, I you know you right. I, I forgot them by name, but I know it was the big strong guy, the little uh, short guy. Uh, you know, I mean the short guy was fast and quick and stuff, and the big guy was just strong. But I know the the strong guy. He got into a bunch of drug problems and stuff. He drove his car fast, got arrested by the police a couple of times. You know, and the the little strong guy, he got into marijuana use and stuff. So I mean, they caught. Real heat backstage and stuff, oh, so I know yeah. they got okay, a bunch so of trouble. We got the names. We got the names. It was Shane Gaspard and JTG, otherwise known as Jason Anthony Paul. Now, what was so bad about Crime Time, you may ask? All right, so Crime Time um, was two African Americans who were baby faces, the good guys. They were built as the good guys, mind you, who would go around beating people up and stealing whatever they wanted. And they'd have this white. Um, middle-aged um, guy doing voiceover for the vignette. So, like, some of the jokes you'd hear was, he figured out what was holding him down, his wallet. Like, these really insensitive jokes. Vince man, not surprised. And then there's one, and 
I might get a little heat for seeing, saying this next one's racist, but I gotta say, Latino Heat, the gimmick that made Eddie Guerrero famous with, in mm -hmm. WWE. He was already famous, you know. But Latino Heat, um, I mean, if you've ever heard Eddie Guerrero's theme song when he went to singles action, it was, I lie, I cheat, I steal. The horrible, mm -hmm. horrible Mexican-American stereotype. Now, Guerrero got very over. I um, mean, the crowd liked him a lot. Still one of the most charismatic wrestlers of all time. Um, rest in peace, Eddie. Um, he passed away tragically at a young age of 37, I believe. Um, but, you know, the problem with... I mean, Latino Heat wasn't as bad as Crime Time or Colonel De Beers in my mind. But it was still racist. Um, you know, it, it's... They did something... He and Chavo Guerrero, his... Um, I forgot... His... Was he... How was Chavo Guerrero to Eddie again? Was it nephew or, like, his their cousin or something like that? His nephew. Yeah, his nephew. Yeah. 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 He, so Chavo and Eddie would go around, uh, like, you know, doing stuff. And this wasn't when, like, like stealing stuff, pickpocketing people. Not as aggressive as crime time, but still, like, offensive stuff. And this was, like, during Eddie Guerrero's title runs. He was pickpocketing Ric Flair. Clip, I remember, I see, you know, like, Eddie Guerrero takes, like, a lot from Flair and then, you see Flair start patting himself down. He yells, Guerrero! Guerrero! And, like, it was weird because I don't think a lot of people can make something, like, it's it's already hard enough when you have a racist gimmick, but then to make the fans enjoy the gimmick is oddly impressive. Now, if we want to talk about another Guerrero who was handed an um, offensive gimmick, oh, boy, how does Kerman White sound? So, Kerman oh White... God. So, uh, was played by Chavo Guerrero Jr. And, um, so, as you can tell by the name, he's Latino. And what do they do? They turn him into this first-class white man with a sweater tied around, like, like, and, like, plays golf and stuff. Really horrible. It was just horrible. And he'd say, if it's not white, it's not right. I mean, geez, Louise, WWE. The only reason, and I want to emphasize this, the only reason this angle was dropped, this angle being the storyline for Don Wrestling fans, is because real-life Rockson Eddie Guerrero passed away. That was the only reason we saw the end of the Kerman White gimmick. Ugh. Any more you want to bring up? Because I can go on for a while. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, you had a lot of them. You had the Nation of Domination. You had them. You had um, um, you had the motor. You had the motorcycle club. You had them. Um, you had a whole bunch of them. I mean, you know, you you, you had. I mean, DX. You had. I mean, DX was something. You know. I mean, I can. They, I can they name changed. a bunch of them. Yeah. Huh. Interesting thing about yeah. DX. Um, so on WWE Network, they have changed their um. Very famous chant, which I will not repeat on air, um, because I don't want to like get you know just sensory issues and like you know all that stuff. But they changed it from um, we'll just say for actually due to a lollipop, and then they said we're it afterwards. Well, I'm um, pointing towards the nether regions to saying love it on the WWE network. You watch old pay per views. Now, in no way am I defending the WWE having them chant what they chanted, but WWE, 
Um, it's still an innuendo if they're pointing at the Nether region and yelling, love it. You do realize that, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, I mean, I don't know. WWE and censorship don't go hand in hand. Some other ones that were really bad, um, Akeem the African Dream. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, uh, I, oh, God. I, you know, I kind of loved it. I, I love it. I did. I kind of loved it, you know. There's nothing wrong with enjoying world. these gimmicks, and, you know. There's nothing wrong with enjoying and, these gimmicks. This is a publicly traded company putting them out there. This is just my opinion on them. So, uh, there was a wrestler known as the One Man Gang, a hardcore wrestler who was told, and this is in K-Save, K-Save being the storyline world of wrestling, so not the real world. The guy who played him did not actually have Af- um, African-American heritage as far as I knew um, as recording this episode, but uh, the one-man gang was told by his manager that he has, you know, a- African-American roots, and they go to the deepest depths of Africa with, uh, in a vignette or a segment, a pre-filmed segment, um, and which is basically just an American ghetto. But he's a tribal champ, and now he's Hakeem, the African dream. Because, you know, it's that simple. I guess. And I he, mean, he, he, he's dancing around, moving moving and grooving and stuff with his African outfit and the hat. And the hat. <laughs> you know. But he's yeah, still and I one mean, man you know, yeah. he's still a one I mean, gang in that, you know, and that that suplex he was doing. I mean, don't get me wrong, he was still he was still one man gang in that move. I mean, don't get me wrong, devastating move he had. So he was still dangerous, but I loved him when he was dancing and moving into the ring. So that was great, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, now this actually, in my opinion, was not the most offensive thing the one man gang did. No, the most offensive thing the one-man gang ever got involved with was Rodman Down Under, part of iGeneration's uh, pro wrestling. Um, I don't know if you remember this. It was very short-lived. It was like in 2000, Sydney, Dennis Rodman high, um, was the leader of a pay-per-view, and like uh, it, it was bad. Rodman Down Under. Go check it out on Wrestling with Regret. Um, um, Brian Zane and Phelous do a great review on it, but um, the match is bad. That was, it's not really more offensive, it was just a joke, but I had to give some context to it, so I kind of lost the joke, but I felt like it was worth explaining. All right, we got another caller. 781, you are live. Hold on, it appears being a bit slow to load you in. All right, 781, you are live. Oh, nope, you're gone? All right, well. Uh, yeah, so it, it's, you know, wrestling is known for pushing the envelope, and I think we've proven that here tonight with these interesting gimmicks that we've uncovered from the records of the Internet. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been some stupid ones. I mean, like I said, the all, like, like I said, the, the all-time favorite one was, my man Tugboat, you know, from WCW, when he came, he came through the wall with that 
that silver storm trooper man. Oh yeah, the shark master. Yeah, the shark master when I, he fell through the war. I mean, oh he my had God. everybody. He had the whole people from WCW laughing at him. I mean, that's number. That will always be number one. I mean, on nationwide TV. <laughs> we, I mean, I, I mean, it's been like twenty years that people are still talking about it. You know. Well, I just want to give like this like premise because, all right. So picture like this. So you're this big guy running through a wall. It cracks open. He's a <laughs> big, big wrestler. He trips on a two by four. Face like this. His stormtrooper helmet with glitter on it falls off, and he's. I forget, who's he feuding with again? Was it Doctor uh, Death? No. I think. Yeah. Was he feuding with Doctor Death? Yeah, Doctor Death. And um, so he. He reaches, puts the helmet back on clumsily, and then um, Arn Anderson, another wrestler, is doing the voiceover for the character in another room. And he says, "Come after me, Stan!" Like no, Steve. Like ah. I mean, it has gone down uh, as the worst debut in wrestling history potentially. That's up there with mm-hmm. Novelty Gooker in levels of bad debuts. Oh yeah. That and you know that was that was Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero and, and played the gobbly goo. You know, if people want to know that, it wasn't, that was, it, it, it wasn't Eddie Guerrero. It was not Eddie Guerrero. I think it was Eddie Guerrero. No, it was Eddie. It was Eddie Guerrero. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now because I am positive it is not Eddie Guerrero. I think it was Eddie Hector Guerrero. Guerrero. It was Hector Guerrero. Oh, Hector? I thought it was Eddie. Okay. I thought it was Eddie Guerrero. So, okay. So, it was Hector. Yeah, Hector was a good wrestler, too. You know. Yeah, well, the Guerrero family. Yeah. You just mapped yeah, the Guerrero family for being. Yeah, because it was Eddie, the Guerrero family. Hector, Man, Mando, Chavo. Yeah. All of them was good. Yeah. But um, I think, I, I think um, Turbo, you know. Uh, should be in a uh, WWE Hall of Fame because you know him and Earthquake. I mean, they they the natural disasters that they call them should be in the Hall of Fame. You know. Listen, uh, if you have Drew Carey in there at this point, just put the hold on roster in. That's the problem with the Hall of Fame. I might get into that in another episode, but um, I'll just say this: if Vince likes you and your friends, you might find yourself in there. Yeah, I'm going to say this one quick. Rick Martell should be in the Hall of Fame, too, okay? Rick Martell, you know, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe? Maybe. All right. Well, we got a couple more things to cover before the show ends. Um, and one of them is old NFL teams. It's really weird to think that NFL teams have folded and whatnot, but just like any other sports league, it happened. So um, I'm trying to see if there are any teams in your DMV area from a while back because I want to relate this to the show. And then there was one in Hartford, Connecticut, actually, the Hartford Blues. Um, They played in 1926. Um, and that was about it. They were there, then they weren't there. Uh, honestly, I gotta say, you guys in the DMV have a good history of pro football teams. Because you had the red team move 
Boston when they were called the Braves, and then they rebranded as the Redskins, and they've been there ever since. After meeting Connecticut, Connecticut has never gotten a fair shake. Um, I mean, the Hartford Blues was our team. And I wonder how many people actually know about them in Connecticut. I mean, because they also played in Waterbury at one point for a different league. They were independent for a while. It's I just kind of miss saying that, you know, I'm from a place where, you know, we have a football team. No, we don't. However, the venue they were at, East Hartford High School, um, I know the school still open, so I wonder if the venue's still there. Uh, because, mm. I mean, it can't be that hard to go see, I mean, where the game is played. I don't know. Um, but you also have some very interesting names. This is what I loved about the early era of pro football. You had some really weird and interesting names. Like the Louisville Beckenridges. <laughs> um what is a Beckenridge? I have no idea. Let's look it up. What is a Beckenridge? Google because. All right. When I look it up, I get the uh, NFL team name. That's great. Oh, it was something else. It was the Louisville Beckenridge Club originally, so it's probably some club thing. Okay. See, that makes more sense. Let's see. What other okay. ones had creative names? Um, we had. Um, the Orange Tornadoes, um, this one was in New Jersey, but I think the funny part about it is the image it conjures up because it's not the Newark or like the Orange Newark Tornadoes, it's the Orange Tornadoes. So like picture the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy's running indoors, and you see this Orange Tornado coming after her, and just tosses her in the air. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see, what else was there that was interesting? Okay, I'm going to try to pronounce this one. Um, this was a team from New York called the Taiwanda Lumbermen or Taiwanada. Um, it was weird back then because a, a lot of places you get teams. Um, let's see. Any other funny ones that are out here? Um, hmm. Um, there aren't really any other funny ones, per se, but, like, I just thought it's cool to go back and look at how much the NFL struggled in the beginning because there are teams that were falling out all through the 1920s into the 30s. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles would not be where they were, are today if the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets did not fold. I know I one mean, thing. I know, it's, I know it's cold there. Well, it's cold in a lot of places, I mean, to be fair. Well, there it was, it's probably where, that's why they probably don't have a cold team right there. It's like, ooh, it's cold. <laughs> no, 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 really that, that didn't really stop them. I mean, if you got two in Green Bay, I can't use that as a valid argument anymore. Yeah. You, you remember, like, Minnesota, like, Bird Grant. Bird Grant, oh my God. You can see Bird Grant, like, oh, yeah. jogging and stuff. He had no gloves on. I'm like, Bird Grant, you're crazy. 
<laughs> you know, but that's what made them tough, them purple people eaters and stuff. I was like, wow. Then, you know, and then some of them, you know, like the offensive line, they would had them had they had no 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 long sleeves and stuff and they would play you with short sleeves on. That was tough. I mean Bud I give Bud Grant credit, you know. They should at least won at least one or two Super Bowls, but hey, but they should games and stuff. Yeah. And and they played in the cold, so I give them much love for that, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, when it gets cold out and I'm throwing the football, it hurts to try to mm-hmm. catch up. And especially, like, you know, ask when you're throwing a lot with your friends in the backyard and whatnot. Imagine having a pro throw to you, like, 100 miles an hour, zinging it to you, and just hearing it hit your hand. And it's got to mm-hmm. hurt. And then in the 80s, yeah. you, had, you had barefoot kickers in places like Cleveland. So imagine yes, if you pull in Cleveland and you're out there with no shoes and socks on kicking a football as hard as you can. Yeah. Yeah, they had a – I remember um, uh, Cincinnati, they, you know, like with Kenny Anderson back in the 80s and stuff, um, they was doing the stuff to um, Bob Trumpy and stuff, you know, with no gloves and stuff, you know. I I seen I seen history of that. I was like, you know, because remember they played um forty. That's how they got they played the Forty ers in the Super Bowl. Kenny Anderson was the quarterback. Kenny Anderson you is know, arguably the best quarterback not in the Hall of Fame. And that's correct. You're right. Yeah. I mean, you know, because give the man his respect. The, he, he, people would look at him differently if. Joe Montana didn't come back in that Super Bowl with the drive. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Because remember, they played, they beat Cincinnati. Remember, I mean, not Cincinnati. They played, um, uh, the San Diego played Cincinnati in the cold. Remember? After they had, after yes, they beat I Miami. Did. They beat Miami. Remember when, when, um, Kevin Winslow, he was all tired and stuff. And when they beat Miami, oh, then they that, went that, to Cincinnati. That's one of the best images. That's a great image. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's sad that you see his son in press and in jail right now. And then I mean, his son just went, but, oh, my God. I, we were talking about that the other day when his um, son, you know, and the, and Joe Gibbs was like, who am I going to pick? So I'm going to pick Sean Teller. I'm going to pick Kevin Winslow. And he picked Sean Teller. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Kevin Winslow Jr. say, well, I'm going to um, – I regret that Joe Gibbs should have picked me. Now look at him. He's in jail for molesting and raping women and stuff. I'm like, you are a big old really? idiot. Really? I thought. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's horrible. I thought he was yeah, on drug charges originally. No, 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 no. Look on the news. Don't look. I, I think I got. Look, uh, they always say if you're gonna say something, look at your facts. Okay. Look at look on the news. He, 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 I mean that that I ain't gonna even call him a boy. He's an idiot. You know, maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at, we're gonna talk about a little about a little bit about that on 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 um on um on Brenda's show tomorrow. He's he just an idiot. Oh my God, he's an idiot. Yeah, no, sorry, no respect for you, sir. Uh, just no respect That's for the. Right. I can't respect that. That's yeah. disgusting, deplorable. Um, it's a lot of other adjectives that probably I can't say on air. So, I yeah. just. And strongly against it. Yep, you're one hundred percent right, Miss RJ. Yeah. Yep, I would like it's to be it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, we couldn't see more Sean Taylor because he was potentially on the way of being a Hall of Famer, but tragically um, he was shot in a home robbery. Um, so, you know. Defending his it, family. It, and that's, that's, that's what a man, a man, if somebody break into your home, Defending, and, and the sad thing about it is, is that paying this young man three hundred dollars to cut his grass anytime he needed, and he got betrayed by that young man, and then he had four four friends, and one of the guys he just, he, and the sad thing about it, one of the guys that was sitting in the car got twenty years, and he just sitting in the car. I'm like, you the big idiot. But sitting in the car, and you got 20 years, you know, the, the shooter got life. The guy who set him up got 27 years, and then the other guy got 27 years. So I'm like, you know, and and this is a repercussion for all the young men and women, too. You know, don't even think about doing something like that. This man was, was like you said, was going to be a Hall of Famer for the Redskins. He was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he, you know, he he was, you know, you look at that hit that he did to the punter. You look at all the stuff. He broke uh he he broke Terrell Owens' hand. hand. He broke his hand, okay? That man was a beast. You remember him and and, Le, and LeVar Ayrton was teammates, you know. So anybody that came through the middle, they was getting hurt. So he was he was the man. I mean, I would love to you know review you, you, RJ to talk about him, RJ to talk about him all that, but we don't have that much time. But he was the man, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Move on to our last topic. It's a short one, but it's a fun one. All right, Steve. Let's say you have the money to put a sports team in any league you want. What league will you put it in, and why? You talking about any city? Any city, any league. Washington, you know me, D.C. D.C., that's right, so my home. What league? So what league uh, are you going to put your team in? NFL. You already got the Redskins. No, 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 I'm sorry. I will put it in NBA. NBA, because we need a team. We haven't had a winning team since 1978, the Washington Bullets. Um, my thing, I would get rid of John Wall. Because John Wall has been a pain in my side since he's been here. You know, you want to, you're supposed to be a leader, but you're not a leader. I will get rid of him, trade him, because we get, we can't get rid of him because he got a five-year contract. So I will say, you know, trade John Wall, get rid of him. Uh, Bradley Bill will be our leader. Trade him, get somebody for better for him. I will start, you know, I will get us a big center. Because the White Howard is not the center that we need. Get rid of him. Get us. Get uh, my man from Maryland. I forgot his name right off the bat. Get that big strong center from Maryland. Put him there. Keep the team we got. He can take us to a championship. Right. Okay. Interesting take. Interesting take. Personally, I put one in Hartford, Connecticut, because I live in Connecticut. We haven't had a pro team in a good minute, and I would want Connecticut to get, I, I'm not putting us in the NFL because uh, I, I've grown disgusted with that league to a certain degree, 
Let's bring back the Whalers. You know what? Ah, oh, darn it. No, the, I think the NHL holds the rights to the name, so we're going to go be the Hartford Howell. That's it, the Hartford Howell. We'll go with that. Uh, we'll play the XL Center. Um, uh, and we will... And our rival will be the Carolina Hurricanes from day one. We'll get massive money. Um, yeah, it's foolproof. Nothing wrong can happen. I just need a few million dollars. If you want to donate that, um, you can just hit me up. I think Steve's on board with me. If you if he if you want to give Steve his basketball team, donate some money to him. He'd be glad to start it up. I'm sure he'll give you like season tickets or something. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I think we all wanted to own a sports team at one point in our life. I mean, we all still do. So, um, and who knows? Maybe for some people it will happen, maybe not. I think Green Bay did it right, having everybody pay for it and everybody own the team. You're right. No, you're right. I mean, 100%. Yeah, the Hawthorne so, Willis was good. You know, they was good at one time. They were, they were. Unfortunately, I really wasn't alive for that, but I've heard they were good. I, I just want them to come back because nothing against the American Hockey League teams, but it's not NHL level. Yeah, I, I like that blue and white they had on. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I used to follow hockey in the 70s, you know, when my mother, you know, don't give her the Capitals for sorry in the 70s. Oh, my God, 72 and up. You know they ain't good good into like the nineties when we when we had um um Peter Bondra, you know when we went to the championship in ninety six but we lost four to zip, so I remember, and then we got good you know won that championship last year, so hey, you know capital yep. rock the rock the red you yep. know. all right, Steve, we got around ninety seconds left. Do you have any comments before I close up the show? Okay. Uh, like I say, I want to th- uh, thank you, Mr. RJ, for having me on your show. Uh, I want to say love to um, Ms. Uh, Brenda Facemeyer. Uh, she's running 14 shows, you know, seven days a week. God bless her. God bless our, our, our Brenda Facemeyer family. Uh, everybody watch Lewis and Del, Del Santos on USC, y'all. You know, peace and love. All right, RJ, what you got to say today? Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you want to hear any past episodes of the show, you can find it on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn.com, Blog Talk Radio, and iTunes. And if you're looking for any future topics that you want to have heard, email me at cncspeaksports at gmail.com and follow the Instagram page. Ciancio underscore speaks underscore sports. This has been RJ Ciancio.